on our GNL Voice guest line today, we have Robert Prady. We're going to learn a little bit about forensic video analysis and enhancement. Robert has more than 20 years of experience in security risk analysis, security systems design, and project management. Robert, welcome to GNL Voice. Thank you. Glad to be here and uh, excited about the opportunity. Can you tell us um, a little bit about your background, first of all, so our listeners understand where your expertise comes from? And then we'll get into the, some of the, the specifics about forensic video enhancement. Okay. Well, thank you. So, as, so I started my career many years ago. I, was, and I joined the U.S. Army right out of um, high school. And I worked on the aircraft weapon systems. So I did that until I got out of the, the military. And then I ended up working for the DOD, working for the government as a contractor for a couple of years. And then I found myself in Las Vegas in the early 1990s. And at that time, that was when the big boom, the, one of the big booms was happening in Las Vegas. And there I kind of went into a different uh, avenue or a different career field and it was like, well, if you can look that way and make the guns point that way, then you can do that with a camera. So poof, I became a surveillance person in, in Las Vegas. <laughs> so yeah. I started in um, Las Vegas. I opened the MGM Grand, the big green building on the corner when it was brand new. Uh, we did that for a couple of years, and then I moved. So I was asked to move to the Stratosphere and open up that casino. And, and surveillance and security, and there I was the surveillance systems manager, so that all of the technical assets for security and surveillance rolled up under me. Um, I did that until 2003, and then I was looking for an adventure, and I moved to Alaska, and at that time, then I was a systems integrator in Alaska, and I did the Anchorage Airport. I uh, designed and project managed that. And now I moved to from there to Seattle five years ago. And now I work for Access Communications. And I'm currently the area technical manager for the Western U.S. You have a lot of experience in the gaming and hospitality um, industry. So can you tell us? Tell our listeners a little bit about forensic video analysis and, and how that plays into uh, the security systems at uh, the casinos and hotels. So I was doing video enhancement back in the late 90s. Um, it was before a TV show called CSI was out. I was doing the stuff for the casinos. And uh, what we were doing is taking the existing video. And back then it was all analog interlaced and we would extract it and get better identification shots. So that's the main purpose of what we do, is just trying to get better images of what we have to, uh, to identify people for different incidents that happen. So when you're enhancing it, what exactly is happening to the video? So back with analog video, analog video is interlaced, right? So it scans twice back in the analog days. And the TV would scan what one, the even lines and then the odd lines. And then because of that, you would sometimes you would get a tearing. So it would be like slightly offset for fast moving objects. So if you enhance it, you can then realign those two 
fields, and then you get a, a, a clear picture. So that's one way of doing. Okay, how is the how is the new technology? Um, because the, it, now everything is digital. So how is video enhancement done now? So now, with everything that's digital, it's all progressively scanned. So everything is scanned, every line from the top to the bottom. So now, through using software, we can take different levels of light. We can increase the contrast. We can decrease the contrast. Or we can actually take one image and stack 10 or 12 images on top of it to get a better clearing, a clearer picture of what is happening. Okay, so... You made the connection between, you know, uh, what you do and, and CSI, because I, I, I liked that show when it came out. Um, how, how does that compare uh, from your, your job as, you know, um, risk analysis and, and your background in security? Um, how did you use this to, to solve issues or solve problems or, or catch the, the bad guys you know, at the casinos? Usually it was for an incident happened, right? It was a theft or, or a crime or something. And then you have to try to identify the perpetrator. Yeah, sometimes it's on video, sometimes it's not. When if it's on video, quite often you don't have a good picture of the person. And then you try to extract or get a better shot to get an identification. So one of the things that you look for is like tattoos. If you can find a tattoo or a, or identifiable mark on the person, then that's something you can do to help link it to a suspect. Okay, when when you have that evidence and you are enhancing it digitally with software or whatever tools you use, is that admissible in court? It, yes. So this is this is one of the most important pieces of this topic. Is today there is more and more software that's available and it's software that's available to consumers that you can actually do your own editing and actually alter uh, video or still images um, to induce erroneous information into the uh -huh. field. Now I use that some of that software. And, and, yeah, and you saw that. There was a, quite often you see memes and, and funny postings all over the time all the time saying that you can put someone's head on someone else's body and and it, it's it's pretty popular in a political satire mm -hmm. too so to make it admissible what's more important is the chain of custody so the video itself needs to be controlled from the time it was captured until the time that it's admitted to court and that's chain of custody okay so when it goes to court, you have to prove that it has not been altered or the opposition will try to say it, the video was altered and it impeaches the, the credibility of the, of the evidence. And if you can have good chain of custody, then that shows that it was not altered or the opportunity was not able, the opportunity was not presented for it to be altered. When... You know, I'm I'm familiar with a lot of the software that's out there, and I use it for you know the vid um, the editing of the audio files for the podcast, and and I do a lot of uh, um, graphic manipulation for the magazine and other projects. Um, 
what are the limitations of some of the tools that you use and, and some of the limitations that the courts won't allow you to do? Well, it has to be what actually happened, right? So, and that's where chain of custody comes in is you can enhance what's there, but you cannot introduce something that was not there. And this is one of the things that's really important that you have to prove that the information that is there, you can extract or enhance it, but you're never adding anything else. You're never omitting or cutting something out. It's always just making it clear. And, and that's where it gets kind of sticky is sometimes people can say that it is introducing something, but it's not necessarily introducing something. But the chain of custody is what proves that you know, this video never left the ball. It was never altered by anybody. And using watermarking is another, another tool for that. And what's, what's, how does that, I know what watermarking is in, in terms of, say, a piece of paper. What is it in, in terms of, of video? So what watermarking does in video is the camera records the image, then it's transmitted to the recorder and it's recorded. Along with that is an encrypted number system or encrypted scene that says that this number has not been altered or this video has not been altered from the time that you recorded it to the time that you played it. So what that does is it validates that nobody tampered with the, with the video. And the video has to be from the casino surveillance systems. It can't be from, um, you, you, you can't accept evidence from, you know, cell phones or anything like that, right? It has to be from the casino systems? For the casino themselves, yes, that's the normal because it's part of their surveillance system. Mm -hmm. But in in a case, you know, you can grab, you can get evidence from anyone. You can have a customer's cell phone if they use video from that and they want to contribute that to the scene. And it's It doesn't have to be restricted but if it is restricted, then the credibility is higher that nobody's tampered with it because you have a good chain of custody. Okay. So in the old analog systems, they didn't record sound, um, correct? They did in certain situations. Usually it's just in the holding room or like an interview room uh -huh. or inside where they count money. Do they? But uh, do they generally, other than that, they don't record audio, and they, and they still don't. They still don't. Okay. I, I was wondering if they have evolved to the point where they now um, collect sound. So, how, do, do sound files or would sound files change the forensic um, evidence at all if you were able to combine the video and the sound? Is that something that the industry should strive for? It, well, there's this whole separate um, area of concern there, too. So audio, you will now get into wiretap laws and then recording laws, where each state has a different law saying if you're a one-party consent or a two-party consent to record something. Oh. Now, what I mean by that is... is Different states, depending on state law, will say that if you record a conversation, both parties of the conversation has to be can give consent before you can record it. In some states, 
it only one person or one party needs to consent before you can record it. So, so this will vary by state. And then if you record something without either buddy in either person being consent, then it falls under federal wiretap law. Okay. So, uh, so that, 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 that's where it starts getting complicated when you add audio into it. So the um, fact that there's no audio these days isn't the fact that the technology doesn't exist. It's more of a, a legal and jurisdictional um, issue that, that people probably just don't want to have to contend with. Correct. Okay. And, 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 and really, what benefit are you going to really get out of it? So usually video is in criminal cases video is considered the damning evidence okay. right? it's it's the evidence that puts that person in that place at that time to commit that crime okay usually everything else is circumstantial you know you you, you found the guy down the street um the guy had the same um merchandise on him that was taken from that location or you know everything else is Sort of circumstantial, the damning evidence is what puts that person in that place at that time. And so, really, video is more crucial to that than would be audio. Um, Robert, do you have any has stories or, or case histories that you can tell our listeners about? You know, cases that were really interesting or or uh, brought this to the forefront and and were you know brought the technology up. Yes. Yes. Uh, actually, I have quite a few, and I can I, I can be generalized on them. Okay. Good. Um, um, one was there was a case where um, it, this was in Las Vegas, and there was a string of motorcycles being stolen from casino parking lots, and the police department discovered that it was pretty much the same. They, they it looked like it was going to be the same people that were taking these. And the video quality wasn't that good. So they brought the stuff to me, and I was doing some enhancements on it. And we figured out that it was really three people that were the individuals that were stealing these motorcycles from the casinos. And we were getting closer and closer to, the, to identifying them. They had a couple of suspects that they, um, that they arrested for suspicion of it. And then through analytics or through the analysis of the video, we were able to determine that the people that they arrested weren't they were the same people. Oh. And we did this by measuring the height of the person and then measuring the scene of the, of the scene that where we had the actual criminals being taken the, the vehicles and determined that these people were a good six inches shorter than the person that was actually taking the, the motorcycles. Interesting. So in that case, we, we actually vindicated somebody from being falsely accused of something um, by using the, the, the enhancement technology. Do you, do you know the result? Did, did, were the, the thieves ever caught? Uh, yes, they were caught, and which is kind of a, good, a, a really good story because if we hadn't have ruled those first people out, then the people that were actually committing the crimes would have continued to do it, and they thought they would have caught the, the real bad guys, and they actually did. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting story. Do you have any others? Uh, a few others. Um, yeah. 
there was uh, another one where um, it was inside of a casino and a person was stealing something regularly and we couldn't figure out how they were doing it. And it was an employee that was stealing something from internal part of their job. And we couldn't just figure out how they were doing it, but through enhancements, we could stack a whole bunch of images together over several days. And we found out that they were taking a bottle of wine and they were taking it out inside their gym bag and they had like this trap flap in the bottom of it so they could slide the bottle of wine in their gym bag right before they went home. And then that's how they were stealing the, the wine. So part <laughs> so of the investigation... They, <laughs> I'm sorry, now the they have a crimp. <laughs> is we knew the wine was disappearing. We didn't know who was taking it. And then through enough investigation, we figured out that it was this one individual and then we stopped them you know, the next time that he went home, searched his bag, and sure enough, there was a $200 bottle of wine in his bag. What are some of the, the misconceptions that people have about what you do uh, with video and the analysis you do and the enhancements? And um, what would you say some of the misconceptions are? Probably the biggest one is, is the misconception of reality by television. And, okay. Uh, this usually makes everybody moan whenever you're in a group of people, because they say they see it on TV, right, or or they do it on <laughs> CSI on that television show um, or other shows, and it, it, it's definitely not that. Um, but there, I have a a picture once, and you're, you're seeing a scene, right, and it's like zoom in a little bit more, enhance, enhance, enhance. It, it really doesn't work that way. It, it's not. Yeah, quite. you can't get to their license plate from a, a different angle when it doesn't exist. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or or zoom in to the reflection of a person from the head of a screw on the license plate and see who was taking the picture. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, was, I've, you know that. Okay, so that doesn't exist. Okay, no, that's that a good thing for us. <laughs> And I was actually in a in a deposition once for a civil case, and um, I was explaining there was an equipment malfunction, and I was brought in as an expert to, to explain how the equipment operated and why it would fail, because when it failed, it failed to capture the incident, which was the basis of the civil suit. And <laughs> during the deposition. The opposing attorneys actually made a comment saying, well, well, they can do it on CSI. Why can't you do it? <laughs> and then, so, so I'm staring at the attorney that I'm working for and I'm like, I'm like, are you going to object? Or, <laughs> this is where you speak up and object to this statement that he just said. Um, yeah, so that that's a constant thing in, in security, surveillance, law enforcement, all of that is, is the misconception that television gives us about reality okay now are you able to to tell you know as with the number of years experience you have and and all the video work you've done are you able to tell a hoax from a, a real video um quite often yes and what are the biggest what are the biggest uh 
telltale signs of when someone has altered a video beyond what it should have been? Really, it's, it's just color. If you look around the edges, you, you can see color changing and lighting. So that's probably one of the easiest ways. And use nowadays with really good software, you can actually fix the shadows and do blending. But probably the easiest one is look at the shadows. Um, if it's a picture, if it's someone's face, you look at the shadows and where the light's casting, and then you look where the light's casting under the person's nose. And if the light's coming from a different direction, then it's chances are it's not the real photo. Have you ever had to um, debunk video in your experience um, in a court of law? Not really. No? Okay. So, yeah, usually it's people... It, I've never come across one where somebody tried to enter something that was fictitious. Usually it was legitimate video and somebody else is trying to impeach its credibility. Uh, or you're just explaining why something broke or why something is the way it is, you know? Okay. Um, you know, te technology, yeah, I've been in technology for 30 years, so I've seen it evolve from, from uh, you know, Mac, not Macs, but uh, yeah, Mac, the original Macintoshes to what they are now to, you know, the, the PCs with uh, three and a half inch, three and a quarter inch discs. And how, how has the technology of your industry changed over time? And what has been the biggest benefit that you have seen? Uh, I would say that the evolution of IP video by far. Um, and what I, exactly is that? It's so... I go back to the analog days like, like you do. So it's back when we had VCRs, and now nobody knows what a VCR is. <laughs> yes. Um, and, but getting, getting the video out of the analog world and into the IP world, um, it allows you to store more. It becomes higher quality, tremendous quality. You can, um, you can compress it. You can keep it forever. Um, long time ago back like in the 90s we had tape change and in the surveillance rooms every eight hours the guys have to change 200 vcr tapes and, and now that's a thing of the past so uh, now with the technology we have now in cameras yeah, we, we can do forensic video enhancement and, and uh, wdr and all kind of right in the camera before it's even recorded to get the best image out of it and did you say dub? Sorry. Did you ahead. say W WDR? Yeah. So WDR is is wide dynamic range. So one thing that we can do in the cameras now is we can take an underexposure and an overexposure inside the camera, and then tonal map them or sandwich them together, and then we get a really high definition, wide dynamic range image that comes out of the camera to the recorder. So previously, we would have to do that after recording, or we called post-processing. So after it was recorded, then we'd have to process it to get that type of image out of it. Now, our cameras now do that automatically before the image is even sent from the camera to the recorder. So the video quality is just tremendous. And where we're going in the next 10 years is gonna be another huge leap forward to the point where we can see color in the dark, where it can be almost pitch black and we still see color. Um, 
it's just amazing where, where technology is going. Yeah. And, you know, before we, we wrap up, um, you know, we talked about the, the future. What, what do you, what words of wisdom do you have for our listeners about um, the, the, the industry and what they should look out for and how they can improve things? I, I would say in relation to gaming, it's, it's really, we're in a really exciting time where, you know, 40 years ago in casinos, we had men in catwalks behind one-way mirrors or binoculars looking down at the games. Um, and then we came up with cameras, and then the cameras were in the ceilings, and we didn't have to walk around in catwalks anymore. We're, we're at a point right now where we can get the cameras out of the ceiling and actually down into furniture because the cameras are being, they're small enough, they're compact. The ability to transport the video from the camera back to the recorder is actually also improving. So uh, I think in the next 10 years, you're going to see casinos without any cameras in the ceiling because everything is going to be down at eye level inside the furniture and, and, it's, that's the next evolution of casinos that I see in their future. Okay. And then going back to another term, you, you said IP cameras. Those are just uh, internet cameras, I, IP being internet protocol. Correct. Um, yeah. So everything is, is uh, you know, up through the cloud and down down to their servers and, and storing it that way. So instead of 200 VCR tapes, it's, you know, 20 gigs of data, right? Correct. Yes. And, and, okay. and once you do that, then that frees you up to add more video streams, more cameras. Right. You save it for longer, right? And all of that helps us protect our guests and employees better. Right. And just to make sure I'm, I understand, and every jurisdiction has different um, rules about how long the video has to remain on saved, correct, or available? Yes, depending on but within gaming, yes. So, Robert, I want to thank you for your time. I'm sure our, I'm positive our listeners learned a lot about, you know, the forensic aspect of, of video and in the gaming and hospitality industry. Um, I know you work for a company called Access Communications. So can you tell us a little bit about how, you know, where they might find more information about you or, or the company? Yes, yeah, so I, I, like I said, I do work for Access Communications. We're the, the leading manufacturer of IP cameras. Um, and in fact, we invented the IP camera back in 1996. Um, so you can learn more about us and our products by going to access.com, A-X-I-S.com. And on there, you can enter a form and, and to find out more information and have somebody local uh, reach out to you. I'd like to thank Robert for taking some time to talk to us about forensic video enhancement and analysis. You can find GNL Voice on Apple Podcasts. You can like us on Facebook and visit us on the web at www.mygamingandleisure.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.